I am here with Rob Birch from Stereo MCs. Very excited to have you on the emergence of Black Britain through music, art and culture. Thank you so much for coming, Rob. I'm Welcome. Glad, glad to be here. It's, we're really glad to have you. We're at the Sugar Hill Cafe in Sydenham and uh, it's all good vibes. We've been having a little chat, but uh, I've got some, uh, some questions for you, which yeah. I hope you are going to uh, delight us with your answers. So. So, Rob, it all started in Ruddington, I believe. That's where you hail from. Well, life. Life started in Ruddington. Yes, yeah. life yeah. started in Ruddington. So when Ruddington is in is near Nottinghamshire, for those that don't know, and uh, <clears throat> what what was going on with you, with you with listening to music when you were growing up in Nottingham? What kind of thing you were listening to? And was there any sort of black British music maybe that you were influenced by at that time? Um, as, a, as a kid... I didn't really have money to buy records, so I'd listen to what my brothers and sisters was playing. Mm. And that was a mixture of music from like Led Zeppelin, Aretha Franklin, David Bowie, David Cassidy even, my mm. sister, you know, she liked that kind of stuff. So it was a mixture of sort of, you know, big music at the time. Are we you know. talking sort of what era are we talking here? So we're talking sort of we're what, talking late about 70s? the sort of late sixties, late 60s, early seventies. Yeah. And then when I got a bit older, um, punk rock kicked in, mm. and uh, that was the that was a big thing for me. Punk rock. That was when I was, you know, a teenager, and punk rock was was like the energy of it was just. It, just blew everything away. Yeah. Because uh, I used to like Bowie and that sort of music. Yeah. Uh, and so punk rock and then what came after that was really uh, what ch what really changed all of music for me because it was a re another re-education. Uh, and then things like Human League. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan of Human League as well. Yeah, and I started to get into some of that stuff. It's because some the, the electronic element of... Um, Human League as well, especially I think that that where they were sort of yeah probably doing something similar with, that you were maybe ended up doing as well later on I would say sort of playing with dance sort of electronic sounds and whatnot yeah really I mean our, the birth of our group was born out of experimentation mm. uh, through hearing the music that was coming out in that that very formulative time of these sort of 84, 85, 86, 87, the music was revolutionary. Mm. It was music you'd never heard the sound of before. What would you say, what specifically, is there anything specific that you were, um, I mean, especially in terms of, like we've mentioned Bowie, for example, so obviously there was the 70s of the rock, the glam rock type, uh, I don't know if that's right to say that about Bowie, yeah, I guess there was a glam rock element of what he was doing. Uh, and then, of course, he sort of ventured into a very experimental artists yeah. who you know worked with chic and sort of very ventured into the dance sort of territory yeah and disco territory i suppose well, disco was a big thing for me too you know it's like disco was a big part of my life you yeah. just you couldn't get away from disco even if you wanted to because there was a big after a while there was a bit of a all the haters came out on disco but there were some so many good tunes out when i was a youngster when i was at school 
I just think, boy, I even listen to those tunes now and I think, God, how did they make those tunes? They're beautiful. I I totally agree. And do you know what? I think it's one of the most underrated and unappreciated uh, genres of music, actually. It's my, I'd say it is my favourite genre, pretty much. And I like all sorts of things. And like you say, people were recording uh, live string sets, huge, and do it in one take and and do, obviously do it. You know, people don't really, I'm totally agreeing with you. So I'm really glad you said that. Whitfield, uh, that dude who used to, do the production on Rolls Royce and people like mm. that, and uh, the Temptations. Yeah, like God, the, the string arrangements on those records it's, is it's just incredible. incredible. Yeah, and I, I really think people take it for granted. Yeah. I, I, I have a sort of little moan about this to people. I think that people sort of oh, disco, like it's some you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. So yeah, so Bowie, I, and, and essentially, I suppose Bowie, you know, was a, a, a kind of part of British. He brought sort of black music to, to, to Britain as well, well I guess, he, as a British artist, didn't obviously he? Obviously a lot of his roots as well. You could see the path, his evolution, <clears throat> was really influenced by um, disco, funk and jazz. You can hear it in the way he changed. Just, it was incredible the way he evolved and really I think he brought a lot of people into you know, other forms of music. I mean, I think that's why people loved him because he was, he stood up for the odd guy. He made you feel all right about not uh, not being the same as everybody else. And I think he was quite a cool guy. He was, and, he, and he's he, he really, more than often, really said it through his music. I mean, David Bowie would speak up politically or, and he'd say what yeah. he needed to say. I mean, I think he famously, on an MTV interview that's popped up a lot, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, sort of uh, resurgence of civil rights movement, and um, he talks about there not being black artists on MTV, and I saw that it's as great, well. isn't it? Yeah. And it was a while ago, and it, but he never sort of, you know, it was a lot was through his music, like you say, his contribution, which is very much what this show I think is, is embodies, is talking about contribution um, uh, that black music has made to this country, and and yeah, he, he's absolutely wonderful. So so you were so you were. So Bowie was a big one for you, so then we get into the mid-80s and, and that's... Well, I went to college. When I left school, I went to art college. Uh-huh. And uh, and there I kind of got into dub and things like Talking Heads and, uh, Wonderful, yeah. you know, uh, Brian Eno. Uh, music like that, I started to get different, because school can be a bit sheltered, but college is a bit different. Mm. Uh, and then when I moved to London... What year was that? And what, Did you move to Clapham, is that right? Or was it back, because you recorded Connected yeah, in... Yeah, Clapham, Battersea. In Battersea, yeah. yeah. So you were writing the stuff, in, but you recorded Battersea the album Battersea used in. to be Roughneck way back in the day. Well, I know, because I'm from Brixton, so I know Battersea was... Right. was oh, know, so you're from Brixton, right? Yes, I am. Right. Stockwell Park Estate. Have okay. you know it? Which park estate? Stockwell Park Estate, it's called. It's where yeah. the skateboard park is, right at the back of... Oh, what's the matter with me? The venue... It's like the most famous venue. I've been going there since I was about 10. Brixton Academy. Yeah. So there's an skateboard park. Oh, yeah. I you know. would have parked on the bus yeah. out I DJ'd in that uh, skateboard park. Did you? Yeah. So there you go. So I used to roller skate in that park when I was a, when I was really, really... I, I lived there from sort of three years old. So I grew up pretty much around right. there. But, um, so, so you ended up in South London, in Battersea. What, was there any... Was it just because that's where you found a place or did you move to South London? Was there any... South London's a very special place, I think, but I would say that because I'm from there. <laughs> <coughs> well, my brother and... My, see, my partner in the band, Nick, uh, he actually lived in Rollington too. Mm. 
and we met when I was six years old. Oh, and, wow, uh, this is how long you've known each other, you yeah, and Nick. Yeah, wow. we're brothers, really. Yeah. Uh, he, he became my best mate and part of the family. And he moved to London before I did, because when, when you're young, a year's quite a long time, so he's a year older than me, and it meant that he had freedom before I did. Mm. And so he moved to London before I did. But I ended up uh, going to college in London because I just wanted to get out of Nottingham. What were you studying? Uh, film and TV. Nice, yeah. But I didn't get on very well at college. Uh, but you did okay, Bob, in the end. <laughs> and it's well, not even the end. But I, did, yes, but I just were... wanted to go to London, to be yeah. honest. You know? yeah. I, uh, I always wanted to do music since I was 12. Mm. Uh, so to get to London was the main objective. And I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I can make this college thing work, but it didn't work out for me. Uh, and I ended up just uh, making music. Yeah, with Nick, right? Eventually, yeah. I yeah. played in a series of groups and stuff in London before that. And uh, in the end, me, my brother and Nick, we ended up having a flat each in this house on Sisters Avenue, yeah. which is just off so Lavender Hill. Rising damp type of thing, but with... Uh... Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> tragic musicians. wallpaper and stuff like that. Peeling wallpaper and all sorts. Um, Brilliant. So, so, and you, Nick, I don't know if it's, it's 25 years, I think you might have been, was it 25 years since you've been st in stereo MCs together? Is that I think it's probably more like 30. Wow, that's it's incredible. Eight, about 86, we, we sort of started to kick it off. Have you always gotten on really well? There's no big... Well, we're like brothers, so yeah. we, we, you know... Have you, you had your moments? You have your ups and downs like brothers do. Yeah, it's yeah. like that, really. But it's a real testimony to your friendship as well, and to work together like that, and successfully, and, and still, and you still now, um, you've, uh, you've you've got, um, is it Terra Nova now? Or is that, is well, that a while ago, Terra Well, Nova? more recently, we started a label, which, uh, to begin with, we started it with a group called, a guy called Fetish, who was part of Terra Nova. Yeah. That's in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a year, he... Uh, we split with him and it's just me and Nick now operate the label it's called Connected the label yes and uh, it's mainly sort of Afro House and somewhere between Afro House and Techno so we, we release a lot of uh, you know new artists is it really. mostly British UK based no it's, it's it from, from all over wherever from South Africa wow uh, the Netherlands Amsterdam Germany Incredible. All over the place, all over Europe. Yeah, and do you guys get in the studio with the, some of the artists, or all of them, or is there oh, any We collaborate with yeah. a lot of artists. We have done quite a few collaborations. Mm. Uh, you, you may you may have heard of a crew called Kinda Music. They're from Berlin. Amazing. A guy called Adam Port. We did a couple of tracks with him. Uh, so we do collaborate with people in that area. And we do some remixing as well. Well, I know. Now, talking about collaborate, well, remixes, um, there's a very famous lady that you remixed, um, a couple of remixes for, uh, Miss uh, our Madonna. Yeah, that was a while back. Our last, yeah. That was a while back, but we are going through your history here. Yeah. Um, so you, um, now, did you meet um, Madge? No, I talked to her on the phone. <laughs> you had a though. chat with her on the phone. Yeah. Uh, she was obviously a massive fan because she ended up using it as well for the soul music. She, you did another one, didn't you? And she used that on her tour. Um, oh, right, okay. Apparently didn't know that. 
Um, <laughs> I might I have that. known it, but, but it's in so the blur of, of time. This is your life. It's a bit like that. This no, it's, I'm kidding. But it's 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 great stuff, and we want to know. Um, you know, this I'm, I'm learning stuff talking to you, and you've had such an incredible. No, I've got to give her journey. some respect, to be honest, because we did a lot of remixes. I mean, we do we still do some remixing now, but it's more in this area of music that that we're operating in. Mm. But when we were doing mixers back in the day we, we did quite a lot of remixing jungle brothers jungle brothers uh, it, you know we did we we did we were pretty busy remixing lots of different people i think i might have asked my i think we might have asked you to do one for me but I, we didn't get a yes so uh, i'm kidding <laughs> i know but i'm actually not kidding I'm, we definitely would i mean everybody was this is my point anyone who was making records would have wanted you guys to do a mix or work with them, you know. I mean, what that must have been incredible. What was that like? I don't know if you would have been a Madonna fan, would you? I was a massive Madonna fan in the eighties. <clears> well, to be kid. honest, there's one there's one sort of rule of thumb that we had when you approaching a remix, and that is just get the track and have a quick go on it. Mm. See if you get a vibe. Mm. You know, get a couple of breaks up. You know, get a little beat going. Just kind of go. Can I get a vibe on it? Mm. And Initially, I was a bit sceptical about it, but I thought, let me, let's just have a look. Is and this because she was a, so pop, such a pop um, artist? or, or yeah, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I was being a little bit finickety about it, but actually but, it was but, quite easy to get a vibe on it. Yeah. And, um, and I have to, you know, she was, out of all the remixes we ever did, she's the only person who actually rang us up whilst we were doing the mix to give us some feedback on how it was going. Wow. which shows that she was actually quite She's involved invested. in the whole process. Yeah. It wasn't just a record company going, oh, they're doing all right, let's get them to do a mix. Yeah. And bish, bash, bosh, you know. She was actually pretty involved in it. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, really. Yeah. I, I, I sort of, you know, I took her out of the little mental box I had of a. Yeah, taking all the preconceptions, the ideas, of, and just yeah. making it about the song or the music, and, and which is the way to do it, isn't it? But... I mean, it must have been, I mean, one, so one minute you're in Battersea and uh, you're sort of running around your flat with the wallpaper peeling off trying to make this album. One minute you're doing that and the next minute you've got Madonna on the phone. Well, it was, there <laughs> was mean, a bit of distance minute. between yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's that, like you said, you, you had that dream from the age of 12 um, or whatnot to, to, to be a musician and to do this stuff. And it's... Yeah. Know. I mean, my dream was a bit different to how it all turned out. But yeah. like, that's why dreams are good. Because... Yeah. If you have a dream and you think, and you just can't help but follow it, yeah. it will take you somewhere, even if it's not exactly the spot you imagined it would be. It's be something pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the things that were in my dream, I did end up doing, but mm. it wasn't exactly as I expected. But of course, and uh, but, I mean, even Jungle Brothers. I mean, uh, it, you know, they're just absolutely amazing. And, and so you had that whole thing happen with you, where you guys. Um, you know, you're, I'm trying to, so yes, yeah, so you, you, so Connected really was the one, and actually no, it was before Connected, wasn't it, that you reached the States, I think you were in the yeah. uh, R&B charts, weren't you, with? We went to the States from early days, because we, when we started, we started a record label called G Street. Yes. Um, with John Baker and Richie Rich. Yeah. And Jungle Brothers was one of the, one of the first groups on there, and we, uh, licensed their first album for wow. the UK 
and that's why there's a sort of connection there mm-hmm. and that's why when we were making our second album Supernatural yeah. we went to New York to finish it and we did a few tracks with Africa from the Jungle Brothers on that album yeah. and uh, that's uh, why there was that sort of connection there because we loved their music anyway yeah incredible and uh, you know it was a, it was a very interesting time to be in New York at you know in what 1990 before it all got tidied up and yes you know a lot of those guys used to hang out at the studio and sleep under the you know Jarobi from the Tribe Called Quest sometimes he'd come from the club and sleep under the mixing console because because then they couldn't get cabs home because cabs wouldn't go to their part of town or stop for them in the street so you're in New York and you're hanging out with these hip hop amazing major hip hop dudes now as well so and what what was it like with them with you because I know obviously for them they get kind of like oh we've got these British British dudes you know that kind of thing did you guys hang and, and were you going to the clubs we there did a and, bit actually yeah. yeah they were they were cool guys and a lot of the native tongues recorded in that studio it was called Calliope Studios mm. um, but we had the downtime which means that it's the time where nobody's using it so you get it cheap so we quite often went in there at night and worked through till the morning. Yeah. Uh, and you had to watch the fire exit because sometimes dodgy guys would like come out of the street and try to get in the studio. But yeah, it was good. They, they, they took us down some clubs sometimes and it was uh, those kind of clubs where we were, we were probably the only white people in there. Mm. It was like a proper, it was a real, it was a real rap club, you know, back mm. like back in the day, like you were watching a funny little bit of history, mm. and there'd be a, the stage where the DJ was playing. All these rappers would come up on stage and freestyle, like incredible. There'd be there'd be like there'd be the Jungle Brothers, Melly Mel, all, like all these guys that were super, you know, back in England. You'd be like, wow, you know, all the guys you're listening to, yeah. you know, would be just like playing there but these guys were kind of took us under their wing and let us come into their life a little bit yeah because it's pretty segregated uh, in New yes. York yeah um, it is isn't it you know I, I have wandered about a little bit and uh, you found it yeah it was pretty segregated so it was nice to be to be included in that and go to some of the clubs and it's an incredible a surreal experience as well like you said when you were watching sometimes when I've been in the states I've been I've been around situations or in places around it's almost like you're watching it in a film or you feel like you're in a film it was like a film truly <laughs> the first yeah. time I went to New York we went to this hotel and everyone went to their rooms I, it was night time I just went out on the street because I just it was like an episode of Kojak you know because yeah. I'm straight out and you know, Nottingham sort of thing, a Nottingham boy. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. But this is what I mean, I suppose, when you think about whether your dreams are specific, whatever they are specifically, but it's a, it's, it is those things are dreams, are made of dream, you know, it, it's, it's it such an amazing experience. Really. And I'm enjoy, as you're talking about it, I'm feeling it and enjoying talking about that. So, so yeah, so you had that happen with, uh, so you, you, you're into this sort of American, you break, break into sort of the R&B, the R&B charts there, you're sort of, you know, hanging out with these guys, and when... Well, that was with the second album, because we did yeah, a track the second called album. Yes. Elevate My Mind, which did yes. well in the, uh, I think it was the South Coast. Yeah. And we ended up doing a, a tour, a sort of tour around there of sort of Latino clubs, and oh, wow. low rider shows and stuff like that. 
which was another experience in itself. I bet. Because uh, it's so vast, America, isn't it? And it's it's just, it's so kind of, um, everywhere is so different. That's the thing, it's not just one place. It's, as in, it's all the same. It's, yeah. you know, it's very It's a total trip different. to go through America. You realise, because when you watch TV, you think America's this really shiny, squeaky clean place. Mm. But when you drive through it, you see how poor it is. Mm. You see how, how, how different the different areas of a town can be that you just would never have imagined. Yeah. And that some parts of it, people are living, it's not just poverty, it's like stricken poverty. Yeah. It's incredible. extremities, isn't it? Of, and so dirty as well. Yeah. It's like parts of it, you just think it's so polluted. So, you know, you go to Niagara Falls and, and you know, I thought, yeah, it's beautiful, but it's so dirty, yeah. you know, and it's like this big oil refinery right in the middle of it. And So that must have been quite a trip for you as well. I mean, had you been to the States before you toured there and stuff? Had you been many times or had you been at all? We went a couple of times before for the new music seminar. Oh, right. So you were and, doing, because you were, I mean, you were DJing and producing, you, you've been before this, you, you've been doing this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was so you really, really engaged with, yeah, what was going on in the Yeah, dance part of the learning curve of performing. Uh, we sort of did a lot of our early gigs when we were just starting out. We were learning our craft. Mm. And so, you know, to begin with, we got a lot of hassle from crowds. You know, they didn't like us, they didn't want to see us. And, you know, we were, we were still pretty naive and we didn't really get accepted by hip hop crowds ever. Thinking of Eminem here, like Eight Mile. Like you I'm imagining the film, the, the movie he makes, where he's, you know, at first he finds it really difficult to crack into a sort I'm of. I'm you know, grateful for the experience because yeah. it made us a bit tougher. So, yes. Yeah, so, so going from being on stage and people kind of giving you a hard time, throwing stuff at you, and not receiving you well, and 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 you know, and kind of having that experience, to then you know having people coming to your buying tickets and coming to your gig and having a meeting at the palm of your hands, what was that like? I mean, like I say, you were, you were going on stage and getting having a hard time and then, you know, you, the success comes and, and now they're coming to pay to come and see you. Must have been quite a nice feeling. Well, it's an evolution that you don't really think about. This you is know. why I asked you, so did you just find suddenly that it just evolved and then you were there and people were coming? To be honest, if it happened, all that happened to me now, I might feel differently about it, but at that point in my life, having those, what you might call bad experiences, mm. they really didn't do anything to dent our enthusiasm for what we were doing. Yeah. We were just glad to be doing something and moving forward, and the energy that was pushing us was just unstoppable. Mm. Um, I'm not talking about myself, I'm just talking about is something that was in the atmosphere and it's like you were some kind of sonic surfer and you were just riding this wave and you were gradually learning, getting better at what you were doing and it seemed quite natural that people were going to be critical mm. of what we did because we were learning in front of their eyes. Yes. You know, and it was like, okay... We're going on before KRS-One's going to come on after us and we're just going to get bloody 
Did that happen? You went on. You supported. You went on before KRS One. It wasn't an official support. Mm. We were supporting. We we did a tour with Queen Latifah. Oh, you remixed for her as well, didn't you? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, big fan of that lady. And uh, there was another group as well. Oh, damn did it. she choose to have you? Would it would have been her that took you? I think it's. Probably, uh, right? I couldn't tell you to be honest. Mm. I don't know. Maybe though, because she ended up remixing. I would imagine possibly that. I think uh, that was a little further down the line where we'd actually got a bit of props for the the way we were putting music together, mm. and also she was releasing on G Street, so it was it was quite. Yeah, give them yeah. a bash. A little family vibe you going know. on there. So it was, it was all good, really. You, I don't know, maybe it's something about when you're young, you just like, you know, you don't really care. You just think, I'm, I'm going for it and I'm stuff. riding it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but it, I mean, to, to say it to you, I suppose, when I put it like that, you think it, it, it's incredible, isn't it, to be, you know, like you say, on stage and people kind of not really interested, not wanting to listen. And then that thing, you put your music out and then people, those people are kind of... I guess when you, you know, believe in what you're doing and you you think... I guess we just were so confident that we had had something going on mm-hmm. that even though we hadn't refined it, we just, just like... Because we supported all different kinds of groups. It wasn't just rap groups we supported. We supported Living Colour. Right, and their audience was equally uh, negative. Yeah. Uh, so negative that they made a public information film from one of our gigs, where the, uh, for the Netherlands, of how an audience shouldn't treat a group, because they were so aggressive towards us, because they wanted to see, you know, guitarist, bass player, drummer, and there we were, two DJs and an MC. Of course, because like you say, in the mid early 80s, there was this thing happening with music anyway, with electronic um, dance music and whatnot, and, and obviously the revolution of Acid House, that was bubbling, and people were sat in their rooms in, in America yeah. and, and creating this new thing, this whole, you know, it, it changed everything, didn't it? It did, it was everything was changing, and, yeah. and being, you know, created, it was from disco and dub and early electronics and early electro, you know, this music was just kind of, I mean, when Rebel Without a Pause hit town, it was like, you'd, I'd never heard a sound like that. Mm. I just, I just, it was like something that had come from another planet. It was, it was a sound I'd never heard before, mm. which was what was so amazing about it. And you thought, how on earth do you make music like this, right? Yeah. And so you'd, in those days, nobody, there wasn't computers and there wasn't native instruments or Logic or Ableton or there wasn't a box where everybody could go and put the same sounds together. You was going, how do you do that? It's mm. like, and so you'd have to go off and bodge it You'd copy it. You'd mm. try to copy it. But, of course, there's no way you could copy it because, for one thing, they were using techniques and samplers and all you had was a little belt-driven turntable and a four-track tape recorder. Yeah. So you had to find a way to make a noise. Yeah. You know, and you, you, gradually, you, you gradually form your own sound because mm. you have no other choice but to do that. When we were in New York recording our second album... People used to come in just to see our gear because it was so 
basic and ancient. <laughs> we didn't use an Akai sampler. I love the idea of the, like, the producers and my art, men, you know, women, whatever, coming in and, and look, checking out each other's electronic, yeah. sort of like, all your gear and whatnot and sort of, you know, what, what, what are you using and whatnot. And, and let's talk a bit about that because obviously you were, like you say, you were writing, let's go back to Battersea, so you're in, you're in your flat and you're writing and you're in, I think I read an interview where you were coming sort of, you know, getting up in the morning, coming down in your pants, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, getting your cup of tea and just diving into making these tunes and just making music all the time. Um, so, you, yeah, so you, you, and Connected was born and, and you were, you were apparently you were on a bus when some, was it some of the melody came to you? That was yeah. While you were on, where, do you remember where you were going? I was, I was <laughs> probably, I, I was probably going to, um, to North London. I had a girlfriend in North London. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, and uh, you were in a good mood then, probably. Uh, you were in a good mood on your bus. It, it was, did you say Holloway? No, no, I didn't. It was Holloway Road. Was it Holloway Road? Yeah. Right. Okay. So it could have been there. It's just nice to imagine that. So this is what was going. This is the journey of the song. So with Connected, there's a, a record. You obviously, as a DJ producer, this this was the time, like you say, that things were changing with music. So a lot of sampling of, of old records and things are going on famous uh, drum sounds. And you're with Connected. There's a, you apparently came down and put your record one a record on it. It's a Jimmy Bohorn record, right? I'm yeah. not familiar with who that is, but yeah, this but is the record you put on and you heard. Yeah. Tell us about that. And there was a, a beat or a sound. It was a was it as a, a drum beat and a snare apparently right the driving well bass it's down. just part of a groove mm. it's but it's uh, the beauty of dance music is the hypnotic quality mm. and what we loved about making music and what we still love about making mu music is the fact that you when you find a nice loop or groove and you can just run it all day long. But this can be my point, I suppose. Is this this is ultimately it can be the first seed, the bait, the, the birth of this song that comes, right? It, this inspiration, yeah, of I mean, this it, groove that you're listening yeah, to on a record, and but, it's but it can be quite comes. abstract. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can, you know, the nice thing about the way people put together early sampled music mm. that was the imagination that they put into it it was a bit boring when people took a whole track and they practically just covered it you know they'd sample the whole thing and you just kind of go well they've just covered it mm. they've even taken the vocal and all of that yeah it was nice when you hear people they take something from there and they sample it quite weirdly like tribe called quest used to do that they'd be quite weird they take lou reed and put it with something else mm. and it was a nice because it was a mixture of all these different genres you know latin music dub yeah. it you know people would take old progressive rock breaks and it, it was really about your imagination and looking in the places where people hadn't looked yeah right and to try to find your source so you that, had you would you that morning or afternoon or whenever, maybe afternoon in those times would you I mean, you came down, you picked that record up and you listened to that record. Were there any other, were you just looking through records, looking for samples that morning or that day? And that was the one that... I didn't really look at life like that. Yeah. Life was more just like... So you just like, put the record on and you were like, oh... I, you're just I, living music, yeah. you know, and you're not kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to sample today. You're just living music and you're working on, on tracks and... You could have listened to a different record. You're just doing that all the time, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. And it could have been another day I wouldn't even found that groove. That's what I mean. It, and it's it's amazing, though, that you just... It is the, it's the, for me, it's Because that. when your ear is tuned, mm. it's like anything. When you do anything enough, 
you become sort of highly tuned to something mm. and when you start listening to to look looking out for breaks your ear can tells you it, it goes that's a break mm. it, it'll hear it and it'll go that is a break it's just full of that charisma feeling, that right that you yeah, get as the, a the, the little portion there has a charisma about it yeah. right and uh like this, the, the the groove we took for that was just like boom, dab. So it's just that, but looped round. So yeah. it goes boom, ah, boom, ah, boom, ah, boom. And it's like, it's like, yeah, this is just like. Boom, boom, boom. And then you put Sorry, a backbeat behind it, it, you know. Yeah. You put a beat to kind of make it heavier. It's, it's incredible. To, I love hearing, I like the details of how these things come about because it is mag it's like magic to me hearing this. And, and, and then so you, you come down, you put this record on, you're on this bus going to see your girlfriend, you come up, you know, all this, this thing, this journey. And then you're on a big stage and you're doing all this stuff. It leads to these other places and this song. So you've got, you've had many you've got some amazing tracks and 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 um but connected is something for me personally that i you know is is just that's it's on my you know it's it's that song it's just incredible it's an incredible incredible song incredible record it's it's just it, just the magic of kind of how things come about is 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 really interesting to know that journey you know it is quite magical and and when you when you think about it you think yeah so many people help you on the way mm. you know so many people influence you and give you ideas and talking and talking of influence sorry to, to interject there what do you uh, did you kind of um, pick up on what was going on with Brit, uh, black british soul music at the time in the 80s which i mean things like loose ends yeah obviously later with soul to soul there was yeah. you know, there was a lot of i got more stuff. into into 80s sort of electronic soul mm. a little bit later after after in the early 80s, um, our vibe was a bit like, oh, we're fed up of all this music, you know, love songs and this kind of soft... Yeah, this soft, soft soul thing. Slightly electronic. We, the, the electronic music we liked was a little, a bit more industrial, mm. you know, and that was where the sort of hip-hop was coming from. And, uh, and so it wasn't really till I, met, I, I had this girlfriend in North London and we used to, she'd have some friends around and we'd all cool out at night and, and like, and have a smoke and just cool out to some music and we'd just listen to dub and love songs and mm. stuff and everyone would just cool out. Mm. And it was then that I started to understand more that side of soul music. And I thought, ah, now I understand it. Because I didn't really get it before. I just thought, oh, we need a change from that. And then, you know, early hip-hop came and it was like, this is the breath of fresh air we're all waiting for. Mm. They just like went, bang, we want to talk to, talk. We want to talk, mm. right? This is music's going to talk to people. Yeah, because, I, mean, I, I mean, I think you were the first British hip-hop, British hip-hop group to, to have success in America as well, pretty much. To the first British hip hop group to to make have success in America, the first one really to reach. I well, would say. I guess That's it's kind of ironic because we weren't really a, we weren't really strictly a hip hop group. Well, this is why I'm mentioning this because it's obviously all musicians we have people put you into a, a, a category yeah. don't they and, and that's the thing for me I don't see I don't, you, 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 like you said you're it's so eclectic and there's so much going on in your sound uh, on those albums. Um, 
everything you've said you've listened to you can hear a bit of you know so I wouldn't personally say that but I suppose people want to put you into a yeah don't they I guess um, and then of course there was trip hop as well which was, which was going on yeah that came um, a little later the Bristol yeah. thing that came a bit later but that's what I'm saying you guys were, were, were there early before a few things I think were you pre-sold to soul as well actually were you we did what were you pre-sold to soul were you before then no that was i think soul to soul came came before a little bit before so they were a little bit before you before connected anyway yeah but th yeah. i think a lot of those artists were born around the same time you yes. know uh similar influences maybe like yeah. you said punk as well they'd have been through, especially in britain they'd have been through that um through that journey, you know? Yeah. And, and would you, I mean, would you say it's fair to say, and obviously this is always, sometimes it can be a touchy subject for people, but it's in the black music category. Yeah. Isn't it? So, and, uh, you know, this is, I'd say, Stereo MCs, um, and you're, you're a mixed band of different people, different, you know, the wonderful Kath Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So she she did the vocals on she would record she recorded but she didn't sing on the tours with you right? Was, no, she did. Oh, she did sing. Yeah, on the she tours still with you. does. Right. Oh, okay. And what about Andrea and Verona Davis? So um, they both sang on Connected. So they were on Connected. Yeah, on the yeah. whole album, and they mm. toured with us for that album as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were fantastic, the ladies. So yeah, yeah incredible girls. voices. Yes. Really incredible. Yeah. Because I mean, that's important to mention that because it's it's such a big part of of yeah. Star MCs and those those voices and that sound. Yeah. The, it, it was like I say, the the whole process was was a bit of magic. Mm. Sometimes just everything just goes, and it just goes. It just works mm. like a fine finely oiled <laughs> wheel. It's just it was quite incredible. Yeah. Really? Have, you, have you ever had so you've worked with you've remixed mixed for other people um, you've done a lot for other people have you, has anyone ever come in to work with you have you invited any producers or anyone to who's remixed for you for example have you had people remix for you or are you guys pretty much tight oh, yeah we, we, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of mixes done I think our favourite is probably uh, the two lone swordsmen right okay uh, they did a mix for us and that's uh, one of your favourites? That was of a track called Everything. Andy Weatherall. Yeah. So he, and that was one of your favourites. He was an incredible, incredible uh, producer and re remixer and, and one of my favourites. So that, and that's, that was one of the, the favourite mixes you had. I, didn't, I actually wasn't aware of that one, so I'm going to go and dig yeah. it out and have a listen after we finish because I, 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 love, uh, I love what Andy Weatherall does and what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's pretty incredible and he's, what he did with music and DJing, he, uh, you know, it's very sad, you know, that he passed away. Absolutely, yeah, it's uh, a huge but, loss. But yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. I did see him uh, last year, because mm. I moved recently to down to the coast and he was playing in a club so, got me, to so I got to say hello I to haven't him. seen him for a long time um, but he's yeah he's a lot of lot of broken hearts over that one yeah but lucky wonderful and lucky that you got that mix as well to uh, for him to and did what how did that did you seek him out to do that for you or how did that come about yeah that was part you know that was really the label the label was like saying yeah we should get uh, Andrew Weatherall to do this and when we heard what he did we were really pleased with it yeah um, I mean, Primal Scream. He completely transformed that's the song, which became sort of you know, yeah, yeah, bigger than the original. Really, um, yeah, it was incredible, brilliant. So, and uh, what? So, so, 
And left field, they did a mix of Step It Up that was really good as well. I think I'm well. familiar with that, actually. I am familiar with that. That was a, that's a really great track as well. And so you, so you have made, is it 10 albums now? Is it st- how many of Stereo, is that st- Stereo MCs with, tw- with 10 or is there eight Stereo MCs and there's two others? With to be your- honest, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not because I'm not either. So that, that's even better that you're not. But anyway, the fact is you've made a lot of music and you've put out a lot of stuff and you are someone that you, you live and breathe music and you and Nick have together, like you say, for over 30 years making yeah. music. Um, and you're still now, like you say, with your new label, you're still you're still going. What have you got anything coming up, or as Stereo MCs, or with you and Nick, or anything? Is is possible? Yeah, oh, we work, yeah. We, we are working on some tracks at the moment, um, and uh, it's possible that we we could have something either an EP or an album. I'm not sure yet. Right, we'll see. Uh, we'll, but we'll see what's coming. It Something probably won't bear in. a lot of resemblance to what people expect of us, but it is, uh, it's more of an experimentation to go back to our roots of yeah. experimenting in, Fantastic. In, in, dan- in, you know, in electronic music, which is where we started, which is why we got of the ho- out of the whole rap race mm. of the music business, because we'd, you know, so, yeah, and, and do you, and it's, it's strange times, let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. And what do you feel? Do you feel that this obviously it influences influences in everything we do when there's whatever's going on in the world? I guess in some way or another, as subtle or as as or as unsubtle as, as it may be. But would you say putting out with new music? Do you get affected by what's going on politically and and, and how you're feeling about what's going on in the world in terms of? And there's the Black Lives Matter movement, and there's a research, there's so yeah. many different things going on, and I think it reflects when artists make music, whether they're making something really fun to, for people to escape, or like disco, I guess, was a reaction to uh, uh, what was going on a bit in New York, wasn't it? With, in America, sorry, at that time. Yeah. People want to go out and get happy and dance, you know. It's difficult, it's a difficult line. Mm. Um, I am quite affected by what's going on. Uh, sometimes I feel I feel just utterly like mad I, I really feel mad because mm. um, I just feel like they're just t- totally taking the piss out of us mm. you know and uh, people you know I mean people who are in very powerful positions are just doing whatever they want mm. and lying and cheating and stealing and doing really nasty things to the planet and other people and they're just getting away with it. And it seems I, to have got a lot worse as well, doesn't it? Huh? It seems to have got a lot worse as well, doesn't it? Totally. And there's, uh, there's gone way backwards. And they're totally brazen about it. Mm. They're totally... They'll lie one minute and then cover it up the next and, and then people just brush it under the carpet. Mm. And the depths that some of these people have gone to really they're they're some of the worst criminals on in society Mm. and it it does sometimes make me really angry but um with music you can try to say i'm gonna write a song about this right (laughs) but it just won't come out like that you know it's like music has to have a it has to has a vibe yeah of course Uh, but i think what I suppose what I'm trying to say, even it's subconsciously, it probably is the effect of what you're feeling, what's going on anyway. When you're choosing, you know, find discovering sounds yeah. that you like, it, it, does that make sense? And I mean, like I think you said uh, uh, that the 
connected as well. There was, I think, you did you mention it was it around the time of the LA riots? That's right, were, yeah, Rodney yeah, King. Yeah, so you were sort of things were coming into like I say naturally because yeah. it's what was going on around you. So I'm sure, I guess. I think the important thing is to be on your bike pedaling, mm. and uh, whatever's going on in life will somehow sweat its way out through your pores mm. and into the music and uh, and sometimes you know you maybe you just got to say well I just don't want to write a happy cheerful little song right now and I want to this is what I feel like talking about yeah you know and that's that's just it and uh, if it makes its way out and it sounds like a good you know because nobody wants to hear a lecture Mm. You know, but, so it's got to have a vibe and you've got a groove, but there's no reason why you shouldn't groove and have be intelligent. Mm. You know, I, I saw Nina Simone say something about about how how can you be an artist but not talk about what's going on around you? Mm. You know, and I thought, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's like, to some extent, there's got to be, you know, and, and yeah. I think, like you said, with disco, dance music and whatnot, it can be written off as the, if it's not. Um, kind of clearly making some I don't think you have to say something in, in the words necessarily the music it can be no. a reaction to it which yeah. is what brings such joy for me personally with dance music yeah. hip hop techno whatever it may be um, is it's it's sort of having to just celebrate feeling good and, and getting out there and kind of in yeah, spite right. of everything that's going yeah. on right yeah um, I mean I think that's pretty important you know because yeah. that is a form of revolution in itself yes is to get people to actually go out and express themselves and do that. And we, like, are, we are in the midst of all over the world in different places having there is a revolution happening, isn't there? At this time, it's it's. Um, I think it's you know it's very important. That's, you know, doing this show is what we wanted to do and get artists coming and talking and, and kind of getting that um, appreciation as well of black music. That's yeah. the effect it's had in, on, on this on this country at a time. Well, when you think about it, none of the music we listen to now would exist mm. without black music or what people call black music. It's yeah. all rooted in black music. Yeah. All the electronic music, the dance music, the club music is all rooted in black music. Mm. You listen to techno and and uh, music that evolves around techno. It's like you, you could sometimes you just go, well, that's like dub. Mm. You know, it's dub, but you know, with a different rhythm, but mm. it's dub, it's like dub. The whole concept of what happened in dub music, you just think about it, well, that's, that's what everybody, it's just, it's second nature now for mm. people to use those techniques. Yeah. Um, and everything else about, about music, you just think, well, this music wouldn't exist without black music. 100%. And you've made, Stereo MCs, the whole outfit, all of you have made an incredible contribution to black British music. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic to have you on the show. And it's really good to talk to you. And Rob, we look forward to hearing what you've got coming, whatever that may be and whenever that may be. Um, <laughs> and yeah. obviously your, news, your label, you've got lots of things going on there. So people should, could you want to tell people again what that the label you've got is connected isn't it yeah it's called connected yeah. yes yeah so people check that out because there's lots of different new things and artists and all sorts going on there so yes it's wonderful to have you and uh yeah, it's thank a pleasure you so right? much. yeah it's a pleasure thank you Rob. the emergence of black britain is a roadworks media production 
hosted by me, Lisa Moorish. The show is produced by Louis Leeson. All original music is by Casey Sounds. The executive producer is Quince Garcia. Please do share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 